0: Yo, what's going on, everyone? Today we're learning the afternoon bays of Mesech de Brajos. Mm, I hope everybody got a good night's sleep last night. Hope you had a few coffees this morning. Got your thinking caps all charged up on 100%. You're going to need all of those things today. Good night's sleep, few cups of coffee, fully charged thinking cap on your head, strapped on, ready for business. Because, uh,. This page means business. So we're going to start off today with some uh, stuff about, um, you know, the order of like birkatamazon uh, and benching. Do you need to do it ala kos and besamim uh, and nera things like that. A little bit confusing. Um, we do get into over there uh, a very interesting halacha about something called pagum, which is halacha that has to do with kosher bracha, which is interesting. Uh, so we'll get to that. And then we get really into our first deep dive with tum tara. Uh, Tuma and Tahara has come up a few times throughout our learning together, and I've always kind of like pushed it off and said like we're gonna to get to it in the uh, eighth parak. Well, we've gotten to it in the eighth parak. It's like a real deep dive into Tuma and Tahara, not just even Tuma Tahara de Orisa, uh, Tuma and Tahara de Abanan, which is kind of like you have to really understand Tuma and Tahara de in order to get to Tuma and Tahara de Abanan, which is interesting. Uh, so, and then. Yeah, just some interesting stuff about Havdallah at the end over there. So, um, yeah, eh, that's that. So, I hope you're all excited and let's jump in. So, we're at Numbayz um all the way at the top. There's some bird that's uh, making some noise. Uh, it's a little bit distracting to me, but hopefully not distracting enough. And hopefully they will find another place to sing, even though it's really beautiful. Okay, Numbayz olive two lines into the page adifa. So, if we look at the Mishnah, so Be'eshame said that, right, first you do, um, first you make the bracha on the yom, and then you make a bracha on the yin. So, for example, if you're making Kiddush on Friday night, so first you're going to say the bracha of Makadisha Shabbos, and then you're going to make the bracha of Boy Piagotham. Um, so, the Gemara is questioning that. Does Be'eshame really hold? That the bracha on the day, so let's say on Shabbos would be Mekadosh Shabbos. that takes precedence over the bracha on wine. of Shabbos. So we have a b'risa that says that somebody goes into his house on Motzoy Shabbos, Mevorach okay, so what he does is, first he makes a bracha on the wine, okay, then he makes a bracha on bo'er uh, ma'or right, on the light, v'ala besamim. then on the fragrance of bo'er ma'er b'samim, v'achar and then at the end, he says the bracha of Havdalah. So we see that in this b'raisa, we're saying that first you make a bracha on the wine, and then at the end you make a bracha on the Havdalah. Which is very similar to what we do, the only difference being that we would do besamen before the um, light. Now, if at his home he only has one glass of wine, So if he only had one glass of wine, and I guess he was uh, eating, so then he would uh, say Berkas Amazon first, and then after Berkas Amazon, he would do all those other brachas, right? He would make the brach on wine, and then Mare Ha'esh, and then Abdallah. Okay, and the assumption here in the Gemara is that this braisa is based And we're saying that first you make a bracha on the wine, and only at the end you make a bracha on So it would sound like um, he would do the wine before the, the Yom. So the Gemari says, well, why are we assuming that this B'risa is Beis Maybe it's Beis Okay? So the Gemari says, Don't think that it's Beis How come? How come it can't be Beis Hila? Because it says that first he's making a bracha on, a, on the light, okay, on the candle, and then he's making a bracha on the besamim. Now, if you remember, if you look back at our Mishnah, right, so, our Mishnah says, Omem Umazon Besamim Omem That in our Mishnah, both Beis Shammai and Beisil say that Ner is going to come first, that the candle is going to come first. Okay, so clearly, um, the Gemara right now, when it says that it has to be Beis Shammai, because we're saying that you're making a bracha first on the light, okay, that's weird because in our Mishnah, both Beis Shammai and Basil say that the bracha on the candle, i.e., the light, comes first, okay? This is going to come up in a minute, but um, just to point that out, that in our Mishnah, both Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel say that the bracha on the light comes first. But the Gemara says that this bracha that we're quoting here in our Gemara cannot be Beis Hillel because the bracha is saying that first you're going to make a bracha on the light, on the candle, and then only afterwards you're going to make a bracha on the besamim. Uman isle and who is the one that says that first you make a bracha on the light and then you make a bracha on the besamim? Based shamay, it's based shamay. as we learn in another brisa, Amrab Yehuda says Rabbi Yehuda lo Nechliku alamazun Interesting. So Rabbi Yehuda says that both based shamay and based agree that the first bracha that you're going to make is berkas HaMazon, and the last bracha that you're going to make is going to be a havdalah. So that's already different from our Mishnah because our Mishnah, in our Mishnah, both Beishameh and Becilah agree that the first bracha you make is on the candle and that the last bracha that you make is on havdalah. Okay? Whereas Rabbi Yehuda is saying in this bracha that they both agree that the first thing that you do is Beerkat and the last thing that you do is havdalah. Okay, fine. According to Rabbi Yehuda, what do Beishameh and Becilah argue about? Alamma or Vallabdesamin, right? Um, with regard to the order of uh, the bracha on the candle versus the bracha on the, the fragrance, she omen ma'or v'acharkach the bracha maor the besamim. The say that first you make a bracha on the candle and then on the besamim, whereas Baisila says first you make a bracha on the besamim and then you make a bracha on the candle. So therefore, the Gemara wants to say that since we're saying in our bracha, that recording here in our Gemara, that he makes a bracha on the wine, and then on the candle, and then on the besamim. So that must be that that bracha is Beishamim, because Beishamai says, at least according to Rabbi Yehuda that first you would make a bracha on the candle, and then the the besamim. Whereas beishila would say, first you would make a bracha on the besamim, and then the candle. So the Gemara says, well, how do we know that this bracha is according to Rabbi Yehuda? Maybe this bracha is like our Mishnah, where everyone says that the first thing is the candle, and the besamim comes afterwards. the Beishamai yvalibid Rabbi Yehuda. So why are we assuming that this b'risa in our Gemara is Beis Shammai and according to the way that Rabbi Yehuda learns the Machlokas Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel? Maybe it's Beis Hillel. I. what about the fact that we're saying that the bracha on the candle comes first? Well, maybe it's like the way that Rabbi Meir, i.e. our Mishnah, learns the Machlokas between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. Um, and, right, in, 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 that according to the way that Rabbi Meir, i.e. our Mishnah learns it, so both Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel would say that the candle comes first and afterwards the besamim. So maybe here also, when it says that he comes home and first he makes the bracha on the wine and then he makes the bracha on the candle, then he makes the bracha on the besamim. Maybe, maybe that's Rabbi Beis Hillel's opinion, according to the way that Rabbi Meir learns the Machalof Hillel and Beis Shammai. And therefore it would make sense to say that you're making a bracha on the wine first and you're making a bracha on Havdalah at the end because Beisilah says first you're on the yay and then you're Makadish on the Yom. Lo The Gemara says, no, don't think that. Because it says in our Mishnah, the beginning of the 8th parak, Beisamai Omrim Ner Umazon Bishamim V'Havdalah that it says in our Mishnah that B'Shamay says that you would make a bracha first on the candle, and then on Berkas HaMazon, and then Besamim, and then abdallah. That first you make a bracha on the candle, then you make a bracha on the Besamim, then you make a bracha on Berkas HaMazon, then Avdala. V'hasem b'breisa katani, and it says in the b'breisa, im ein lo ela kos achar manichol la'achara Yet in the Brisa in our Gemara, it says that if he only has one glass of wine, so what does he do? So he says Birkas Amazon first, and then he says the rest of the Brachas after that. And who's the one who says, right? If we have to choose between Beisham, uh, if we have to choose between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, who's the one that would say that Birkas Hamazon comes first? Rabbi Yehuda, right? According to Rabbi Yehuda, right? According to Rabbi Yehuda, he says that both Shammai and Hillel agree that Birkas Amazon comes first and Havdalah comes last. And the only thing that they argue about is the ordering of the Bissamim and the Ner. So So we see that it must be that our Bryson, our Gemara, that says at first he says, And at the end he says, um, 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 Right, when he only has one cup. And he's saying that the order of the Nair versus, versus, um, is that Nair comes first and then Bissamim. That must be that that is Rebbe, that that is Beit opinion according to the way that Rabbi Yehuda learns the machlokas between Beit and Beit komkasha. And nonetheless, and that being the case, we have our question now, which is that if this Brisa is indeed Beit Shammai, well then how come he's saying that um, the first bracha that he makes is on the wine, and the last bracha that he makes is on Abdullah. I thought that Beis Shammai's opinion was that you make a bracha on the yom first and the wine after. So the Gemara answers, "Kasavir Beis Shammai, iula yome, yome, yoma meapuke yoma." So Beis holds that it's diff- that there's a distinction between when Shabbos is starting versus when Shabbos is ending. yoma when the beginning when Shabbos is beginning. So kama demak deminan that when you, Shabbos is starting, so we want to do the Kiddush HaYom first, right? We want to say Mikadosh Shabbos first. We want to get right to it. Whereas Afuke Yoma, when Shabbos is ending, we don't want to make Havdalah right away, right? Right. The more we can delay it, the better. So that it shouldn't look like we want Shabbos to end um, as soon as we can, and we just want to say Havdalah right away. No, rather when when when. Um, Shabbos is coming out so first we'll say a bracha on the ayin and we only make a bracha on the avdala after that. Okay. So we can say that this bracha is according to base Shammai and the reason why you're making a bracha on the wine first and avdala afterwards is because when it comes to avdala, you want to push the avdala off as far as you can. I uh, said so it doesn't look like you just want Shabbos to end already. Okay. So we said that if he comes home and he only has one glass of wine so what he should do is he should just you know save that glass of wine and use it for uh and for abdallah, right? He'll start with birkas samazun and then he'll you know do the abdallah on that same glass of wine afterwards. So implying that according to Bishamai, you right, there, there there's an Indian, there's a, there there's a preference to make um, to bench to do birkasama with a glass of wine. Bisava <laughs> Tuna But does Beis really hold that Birkas HaMazon requires a glass of wine? We learned in our Mishnah. There's like a million things in our Mishnah that we learned yesterday. We learned in our Mishnah. If um, they bring wine after the meal, right? Before benching, but after the meal. What if there's only that one glass of wine? Which means that if you drink it now, you're not going to have it for benching. So Beis Shamai says, doesn't matter. You could drink right now on the wine. Drink the glass of wine, and then you'll bench. Afterwards, you'll say Afterwards, and my lab, the Mistama. He's making a bracha on the wine and then drinking the wine, which means that there's not going to be any wine left for benching, and that seems to be fine according to Beis Shamai. These don't seem to have a problem with that. So we seem to see that Beis Shamai doesn't require wine for benching so the Gemara says no no he's making a bracha on the wine and then he's putting it down he's not actually drinking it huh i thought that somebody who makes a bracha you know on wine or on any food any because an would actually have to taste it so the time lay okay fine so beseder so so he tastes it so going to be you know if you bring wine at the end of the meal make a bracha have a little taste and then save it for benching Okay, seems a little funny, but okay. Um, what about pogum? Right? I thought that if you have a kosher bracha and you drink from the kosher bracha, you can no longer use it for a kosher bracha. So for example, for example, so, you know, one, one time where this comes up is like, let's say on Friday night, right? Somebody makes kiddush and um, he makes kiddush on a glass of wine. He drinks a little bit from the wine. So now that wine is what's called pugum which means if he then takes from, let's say he now wants everybody at the table to be able to get kosher bracha, so he figures it's a good idea that he'll just take a little bit of the wine from his glass that he just drank from, that he also made kiddush on, and he'll pour a little bit into the bottle of wine, then everybody can just pour from that bottle of wine into their glass, and it'll be like they have from the kosher bracha. That's true, but it also means that nobody else can use that bottle of wine to make, to make kiddush anymore because you just poured Pugum wine into the wine bottle and made the entire wine bottle pogum. And now nobody, you can't make wine on on, on pugum wine. You can't make Kiddush on pugum wine. So um, the solution to that would actually be not so complicated, which is that the way to unpugum wine is just to add more wine to it. So basically what you would do is you would make Kiddush, you could drink a little bit from the glass, Then what you could do is you can add from the bottle of wine into your Kiddush cup, which means that the wine in your Kiddush cup is no longer Pugum, and then you could pour from your Kiddush cup, i.e. your Kosho Bracha, back into the bottle of wine if you want people to be able to like, pour it out for themselves from the kosher bracha from the bottle if, if that's what you want to do um, but basically that but that's what pagom is that once you drink from like a bo- you know a cup or whatever you can no longer make kiddush on it but if you know if you just add more wine to it then it's fine um, but it does come up in other cases just you know it comes up every so often you got to be careful just not to drink from it before you make a bracha on the kosher bracha anyways so new so how could we say that he's making a bracha and then tasting it and then using it for birkas amazon if um, by tasting it it's gonna be pagum. So and how would he be able to use it for kosher brach or become? So the answer is the time lebiyade that no, he's just sticking his finger into the wine and then slurping it up from his fingers, and then therefore he didn't actually drink from the cup, so therefore it's not pagum. So this is what he does, right? So if they bring wine at the end of the meal, <clears throat> um, he basically makes a bracha, dips his fingers into it, slurps it off, and then he benches. <laughs> okay. Seems like a funny little dance, but okay. But one second. But a kosher bracha needs to have a certain amount. I believe that that amount is a revias. And if he sticks his fingers into it and then slurps the wine from his fingers, well, there's now less wine in the cup, which means that you're not going to have the proper amount of wine. So No, there was more than enough wine to begin with. So even when he sticks his fingers in there, there's still enough for the shear for the bracha. Yeah, but I thought it's talking about where there wasn't enough wine, right? It's talking about where there's only one cup of wine and there's not enough for two, and that's why we're figuring out how to, like, you know, both benching and, and, Abdallah from one cup. So, the Gemara says, well, lo nafish. Well, there weren't, um, two cups of wine. There wasn't enough to make a separate bracha on benching and for Abdallah, but there was more than for just one, right? Right? So, there was more than enough for one cup but there wasn't quite enough for two cups. And therefore, even if you stick in your wine, your fingers into the wine, there's still going to be enough afterwards. Okay, fine. And here's the real knockout punch. But here's the real One second. says that you make a bracha on the wine that comes at the end of the meal, and you drink all of it. And then you bench. I.E., right? Meaning, the Mishnah said right, that um, that if you only have, right, if all you have is one glass of wine, B'Shamayi says first you drink the wine, and then you bench, which means that on the bench you're not going to have any wine. So what's the deal? So Rabbi is clearly saying that according to B'Shamayi, you're drinking all the wine and then benching. So you don't need a kosher for benching. Yet our b'risa seem to say that if you only has one glass of wine, then you should... You know, leave it and bench and then say Avdala all on the same one, which implies that according to Be'i you would need a Kosha bracha for benching. So what's the deal? So the Ma'ar says, It's two Tanaim uh, according to Be'i Okay. So you have one Tana explaining Be'i as saying that you would uh, have a kosher bracha for benching. And another Tana according, explaining Be'i opinion that you would not need a Kosha bracha for benching. Okay. Very nice. All right, friends. Here we go. Tumantara. Okay, this is our first real deep dive into Tumantara. So, here's the thing. Um, not only is this talking about Tumantara, this is talking about Tumantara de Rabanan, which is basically added on to like Tumantara de Arisa. So, let's talk for a few minutes about Tumantara. What is it? So, basically... There are a number of different levels of Tum'a, of, of, of uh, uh, I don't know, how do you define Tum'a? So it's pure, well, the, oppo- the, op- the opposite of purity, okay, I don't know, un- unpurity, imp- impurity. So, so, okay, the highest level of Tum'a is what's called Avi Tum'a, okay? There is only one example of Avi Avosa Tum'a, and that is a dead body. That is the highest level of Tum'a. The next level of Tum'a is what's called an Av and an avatuma is somebody who touches a dead body, right? So a dead body itself is an aviyavosatuma. Somebody who touches a dead body becomes an avatuma. Some other examples of avatuma are a mitzora, a zav, a zava, a uh, These are all examples of avatuma, okay? Now, an avatuma can be mitame um, uh, adam vikalem, okay? Uh, an avatuma can be mitame a uh, person. And it could be Tame, Mitame um, objects, right? So if a mitzora, for example, touches a person, that person will become Tame uh, for one day, right? For the rest of the day, he goes to the Mikvah, and then the next day, he's Tahor. Now, as opposed to like all these Avosa Tumah, um, they're, they're, it's much more complicated for them to become Tahor. For example, if somebody touches a dead body, then he's got a, um be you know he's got to wait seven days and he has uh, the sprinkles the water mixed in with the ashes of paraduma on day three and day seven right if you have a, a, a tsaras he's got to go away for like basically at least like two weeks and uh zav and zava nida like all these people like it's not you have to wait a week you have to have a week without seeing any ziva like all, all sorts of complex things whereas um if any of these avatumas touch a um a, a um, um a person so that person will become Tameh, and there are other ways to transfer Tumah as well, but let's just stick with touching. So then that person will become Tameh until the evening goes to the Mikvah, and then taru, taru, you know, Taro by the next day. Um, a Kli either would have to go to the Mikvah, or if it's earthenware, you'd have to break it, whatever. So now, great, so you have this avatuma. he touches a guy, that guy becomes a Rishonatumah. Now, if he when he's a Rishon Latuma, um he touches food or, 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 or liquids, so then those foods or liquids become a uh, Sheni Latuma. They become a, uh, um, okay, it's called a Sheni Latuma, fine. And then um, a Sheni Latuma can be metame uh, either Truma or, or Kachim, which means that if a, let's say, so this Avatuma touches, at this, I don't know, an apple, that apple becomes a sheni latuma. If that sheni latuma then touches some truma, that truma becomes a shlishi. And when it comes to trumas, then it ends right there. It's called what's a pasal, right? It can't be matami anything else. The truma becomes a shlishi and that's done. Um, when it comes to kudshim, kadshim is, for example, like a korban. So let's say a korban shlamim. Let's say you have meat from a shlamim. And this tummy apple, which is a shenilatumah touches the kadshim, so that will become a shlishilatumah. And if that uh, uh, kadshim then touches, let's say another um, shlamim, then it will make that a raviilatumah and it ends over there. Um, in a nutshell, that's basically how tuma goes, you know, goes from level to level. Now, you know, it can only be, now tuma can only, let's say, be what's below it, but not above it. So for example, um, a, um, a, a or not even on the same level. So let's say you have a person who is an avatumah, okay? So, right, let's say, no, so, so let's say uh, you have Mitsura and the Mitsura touches a person, that, that person becomes a Rishon Latuma. If that person touches another person, he won't be able to make that person uh, Tame, because um, a, a, a um, Rishon Latuma can only be mitame, um, umashkin. it can't be matame other people, and also if you have this apple that becomes a Sheni, it won't make other food Tame, it'll only make Truma and, and Kachin Tame, and if it touches a person that person will become Tami because a Shani is not able to be Matameh, other than people and and um, and objects. Great, that's tuma du Now, in order to understand our gemara, we have to also understand tuma di Now, there are a few things we have to understand here. Number one, the Rabbana, the rabbi said that Yadayim are Shneoseim, right? Your hands have a default status of being a second degree of tuma, a Shani Okay, now which means that stum, you know, our, your hands are sheni l'tuma, and that and that is that. So you, therefore, you have to wash them in order to make them not shiny, the l'tumas. Now I don't understand why washing your hands would get rid of that tuma. Like wouldn't you have to go to the mikveh or something? But apparently, washing your hands would be enough. Now maybe because it's just derabanan. Next, the, um, the also made a a, a, a that if um, basically any. Vlad Hatuma, right? If any. So if your hands were, or a Shani Latuma were to touch water, liquids, that liquid becomes a Rishon Latuma, okay? So if my hands touch water, right, my hands that have a default status of Shani Latuma touch water, that water becomes a Rishon Latuma, okay? Um, the same thing would apply if an Avatuma or a um, Rishon Latuma were to touch water, um, it would become a Rishon Latuma as well. Right, basically, I, I don't. The only thing I don't know about is if in Avia, if a dead body were to touch water, would that become an Avatuma or a Rishonatuma? I don't know the answer to that. But any other tame thing that touches water, it automatically becomes a Rishonatuma. Next, um, they also made a xera that even though in general a Rishonatuma is not Metame um, um, Adam Vikelim, right? Even though a Rishonatuma right, can only be metami Ochlin Umashkin. They made a Gezerah, however, that um, that this water that is a Rishonatuma is able to become is able to be Mitame Adam because it's a Gezerah, because um, if you have like a, a Zav or a Zava, right, or a Mitsora, so their Maayanot, uh, which means like um, their urine, their spit, things like that, also have a status of an Ava Tuma. Which means that as an avatuma, they can be mitame adam people and, 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 and objects. Therefore, as a gezerah, um, to make sure that we don't make any mistakes with regards to like the bodily fluids of ava, of like, uh, uh, mitzora, zav, zava, nida. So we, we make sure that all, um, liquids, even if they're only a rishon natuma, are still going to be mitame Ad And the same thing applies to a kli, that is a Rishon uh, Natumma, it will be Mitame Adam Vikalim as well as a Gezerah of, let's say, the, um, you know, if a Zav were to sit or a mitsorah were to sit on like a mattress, that Kli would be an Abatum as well, and it can be Mitame Adam Vikalim. Therefore, any Kli that is a Rishon Natumma, is also able to be Mitame Adam Vikalim. I can't imagine that too many people understood that there's a, there. there th- this is like years worth of accumulated information that I've gathered. I think that this is the first time that I ever understood this Gemara and I, I've learned this Gemara a few times, but the last time I learned it was probably like nine years ago and I have a lot more toma and Tara experience over the last nine years. I think it's probably the first time I really understood this Gemara. Wow. That's a lot of information. Um, but in, but now that I've kind of just said all of it at once and like did like a brain dump on you guys. Let's actually uh, look at it inside and maybe it'll be uh, make more sense in context. So here we go. So first wide line of the Gemara, Anun Be'i Zumud'alaf. Omim Omin B'chulei, says Beshamei, Tanu Rabbanam, Beshamei Omin Nodun Li V'chakach so as the Mishnah said, according to Beshamei, first you were you would um, wash your hands, okay? And then afterwards you would drink the cup of wine that you have before the meal, right? Because they, they used to drink a cup of wine before the meal. So, according to Be'shameh, first you would wash your hands, and then you would drink that cup of wine. How come? Because if you would say that first they would kind of pour and drink the cup of wine before they had washed their hands, right? Well, remember, your hands have a default status of, Midr-Abanan. this is all Midar Abanan pretty much, right? So, your hands, Midar Abanan, have a default status of being a Shani Latuma, okay? So, Gzeira were concerned, shema so remember, if your hands have a default status of being a shani a second degree of tuma. Now, we also said that if your hands that are a shani litumma touch liquids, those liquids will be a rishonatumma. So if there's going to be any liquids on the outside of the cup that you're holding, so that liquid will become a rishonatumma, mideraban. Esakos. And then, as we said, also midirabanan, a uh, right, uh, uh, liquids that are a rison latuma are gonna be mitame kalim. Right? So basically what will happen is your hands that are shani latum, midiraban, are gonna be mitame um, any liquids that are on the outside of the cup to make them a rishon midirabanan. And then midirabanon and um arishon latuma is able to be liquids that are arison Latuma are able to be mitame kalan. So it'll be mitame then the cup. So basically, from your hands, it'll touch the liquids that are on the outside of the cup, which will then be metame the cup. And according to Beshamah, you're not allowed to drink from a cup whose outside is tame, even though the inside of the cup is Tahor and the contents of the cup are Tahor. Bishama says that you're not allowed to use uh, a cup that is that, is tame. Okay? that So therefore, Bishama says, wash your hands first so that your hands are clean um, and you don't have to worry about being metame the cup via the water. So the Gemara asks, why don't your hands that are Shani Latuma just be metame the cup um, immediately? So the Gemara answers, because Yadaim Shniosain, right? Because Yadaim are Shani mashkin. And the only way that a Shani would be able to make a Shlishi, oh, I wonder why he's calling it a Shlishi, because it's really going to be making it a Shani, I think. That's actually weird. But it could just mean that it's making it like it's transferring tuma or something. But that's weird that it calls it a Shlishi. Well, unless... Yeah, I don't understand why it would be a Shlishi. Yeah, Shlishi is never... chulin is never a Shlishi. It probably just means that it doesn't transfer tuma. I assume that that's what it means. So, yeah, because Hulin will never be a Shlishi. Yeah, I have to assume that that's what it means. And so so the reason why your hands are not directly being metame the Kli, the Kos, are because a sh- because your hands are a shani and a shani doesn't make another shani, right the only way that it can be metame the coast is if it touches the liquids and then the liquids midi become a rishon and then midiraban the liquids that are original begin to be metame the cle to make it a shani. but your hands that are a shani can't directly be metame and make another shani. okay so so that is the opinion of base shamai okay therefore you wash your hands first your hands are clean and therefore, if your clean hands touch the liquids, the liquids are going to remain clean, the cup is going to remain clean, that is Beis solution. Beis says, And Beis says, no, first you pour the cup of wine, and then only afterwards you, you, um, you wash your hands. Okay? And that is because Beis says that you're allowed to use... A cup whose outside is 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 tame, right? Therefore, so so we're not concerned that maybe it'll be Matame the cup because you're allowed to use a cup whose outside is tame as long as the inside is tahor. And your hands are already tame because they're shani Latuma. So therefore, you know, there's no problem using your hands that are by default the Shani Latuma to hold this cup, which could theoretically be uh tame on the outside, because according to base Hillal, all that stuff would be okay. Whereas whereas if you would first wash your hands well since you could theoretically be using a cup that is tamay on the outside well then, well then we're concerned that maybe the coast the cup that you're using is going to be tamay it's going to be a sheni lituma and then it'll be matame whatever liquids are on the outside of the cup to become a rishon okay and then midrub banan this Mashkin, that is a Rishon L'tumah, is going to be Matame your Yodayim, and make them Tame, which would basically um, make your washing of your hands null and void, because beforehand they had a default status of being a shani L'tumah. And then if the cup they're using is Tame, it'll be matame the water to be a Rishon, which will then touch your hand and make them a Sheni once again, which means that basically your, 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 um, your, your washing your hands was, was basically pointless, right? Um, again, right, I don't know if I made this clear, but the water on your hands, meaning after you wash your hands, if you didn't dry them you know, enough, so then there might still be liquid on your hands, and that liquid can become tummy from the cup, which will make your hands tummy. So the Gemara says, well, why doesn't the cup itself, which is a sheni, sheni latuma, just make your hands tummy directly? And the Gemara answers, klima adam, because kalim, which are sheni latuma, are not going to be able to be matame uh, people, right? The only way they can be matame. The hands are if they make the uh, mashkin first a rishon, and then the rishon will be metame the hands. Why aren't we concerned that if the outside of the cup is tame, well then the contents of the, top, the uh, cup, the wine that's in the cup will become tame? So here we're talking about a kli whose outsides um, are tame. That the inside, that the contents of the cup are tahor. But only the outside of the of the cup is going to be tame. The tnan, as we learn in the Mishnah, kosher nitmu achorav b'mashkin achorav tameh tocho ve'ogno ve'ozno viyadav tohorin. Okay, and because we learn in the Mishnah and Kalim that when you have a cup that the outside of the cup became tame. By way of mashkin, right? So let's say you have your hands. Your hands are by default a sheni lituma midra They then touch the water on the outside of the cup. The, out- the water on the outside of the cup becomes a rishon lituma. It's then matame the cup midra So it's only mitame it on the outside. However, toho, its contents, the ogno or meaning, or even the inside of the cup and its contents, the ogno its lip, the lip of the cup, no If you think of like a pot, for example, um that like a soup pot that you pick up with two handles those two handles are what's called it's um ears via if you think about like sort of i think what certain people certain english speakers would call a saucepan. um basically it's like a pot with like one handle so that's via dub and all those things are tahor and as rashi points out because this is um we're talking about tumadir aban here right of course again all this tumma that we're talking about is midorabanan. Your hands are shani midorabanan. They touch the liquids which then become a risho midorabanan. Semitame the kli midorabanan. So to make a, a heker, to make a distinction between Kalim that contract tumma that are midorisa versus Kalim that contract tumma midorabanan, they say that only the, since only the outside, uh, the tumma only touch the outside, then only the outside of the pot is tummy. Whereas, uh, if it was tumma midorisa, for example, if a mitzora were to touch the same pot, then the entire pot would become tummy. But to make a distinction between deoraisa tuma and midoraban they say that only the outside is tame, but the inside remains tahor. However, nitma nitma kulo. However, if the inside of the pot of the kli were to become tame, well, then then the entire kli is tame. Woo, okay, there we go. So that is the Makhlo. Don't worry, there's more. But um, that's basically the Makhlo between beshame and beisila. Right? beshame says that first you got to wash your hands, and then you. Drink the wine, right? Because we're concerned that if your hands are Tameh, they can be Matameh, the cup. And according to Be'eshameh, you can't use a cup that's Tameh. According to Be'eshameh, you can use a cup that's Tameh. Therefore, we say first drink from the cup, because even if it's Tameh, it doesn't matter. We're more concerned that if your hands are already washed, the Tameh cup might be Matameh, your hands. So just drink the wine and then wash your hands before eating your meal. B'mai what exactly is the machlovs between Be'eshameh and Be'eshameh? So Be'eshameh Savi also the Shhtamaj Be'chlish, shnit Achorib B'machkin. BeShame is concerned that it's forbidden to to drink from a cup that the outside is uh, is, is tameh, you know that the outside of the cup became tameh through mashka, became the sheni that we've been talking about. Gzeirah totos because we're concerned that um, maybe some of the wine from inside of the tame kli will get on the outside. So now you have liquids on the outside of the cup, which will then become a rishon, and they could theoretically be in the your your hands, if they were clean at the time. So therefore, to avoid that situation, they just say, just never use a cup that is a sheni lituma. Right? And therefore, um, wash your hands first, your hands will be clean, and if there's any liquids on the outside of the cup, they'll be clean, and the cup itself will be clean, all good. V'leka limigzar shamiyit muamashkin a dime. Uh, bakos. And therefore, um, Beis Hillel's concern that maybe um, your hands will become Tameh by way of, of liquids that might be on the outside of the cup that is Tameh is not a concern because according to Beis you're never going to have a cup that is Tameh. Beis Hillel says that you're allowed to use a kli, um whose outsides became um, Tameh by way of mashkin, i.e. this Midr'Abanan Sheni latuma kli. So, so, and um, therefore, right? So, amei nitzotos lo right? Because they're not concerned about Beis Shammai's, uh, you know, uh, concern, which is that if your hands were to be uh, tahor and you're using a kli that is tameh, maybe the contents of the cup will get on the outside, and then they'll make your hands uh, tameh. Um, according to base Hillel, that's not really very common, therefore, you don't have to be concerned about that. Therefore, there's really no problem drinking from a cup whose outside is 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 tame, um, because they're not gonna that that cup is not gonna be directly in the time of your hands anyways, and uh, liquids getting on the outside is not so common. But ve'ika <speaking> shamit mu mashun machmasakos. However, according to Beis Hillel, there is the concern that if you first wash your hands, okay, and then your hands are still a little bit wet, well then certainly the coast which is a sheni latuma l- l- will be mitame, the liquids that are on your hand uh, will, to be a rishan latuma which will then be mitame, your hands to be a shemi, sheni latuma al midi rabbanan, davar gives another explanation for why they say to wash your hands um, after you drink the wine because tekev nintilas yadaim suda because in any event you should be washing your hands immediately before you eat the meal not to be washing your hands and then drinking wine and then having your meal my davar akher, how come Beisilal had to say uh how come they had to give another reason for how come they say to drink wine and then wash your hands. Why wasn't this whole Tuma and Tara reason enough? Why did they have to also say because taketh until I said I'm Suda. So the the this is what Baisilla was saying to Beis the Did also the Shamish Shachor of right the Gazuna that according to you, Beis shamay that you say that you're not allowed to use a cleat whose outside is um Timayan. Because we're concerned that maybe uh, you know some of the contents might get on the outside and then if your hands are taller, they'll become tummy through the mashkin. So uh, it's still better to um, only wash your hands after drinking the wine because the takef the tila sadaim suda because um, you want that immediately after you wash your hands, you get going with your meal. Um, therefore, better to drink to wash your hands after you drink your wine for that reason. Wow. (laughs) I hope you guys got that. Um, feel free to ask any questions you want in the WhatsApp group. I'm happy to answer the thing about Tomintara is that it's not really that, it's not really that conceptually concept. It's just a lot of uh, complicated. It's just a lot of rules that you have to memorize. And once you get the rules memorized, then everything just makes sense, and you will never. There's no like exceptions, right? Everything just kind of makes sense, but there's just lots of rules to memorize. So if you have any questions, I'm sure that there are probably many people that have many questions. Um, please, you know, feel free to ask whatever you want. I will answer them. Um, okay. Well, this was uh, part A of Tuma and Tara for the page. Now we move on. We're, now we move on to part B of Tuma and Tara, but uh, the the concepts remain the same. So hopefully. Uh, if you got this part, then hopefully you'll we'll get the next part. So, Beshame says that you're going to, um, after you wash your hands before the meal, you dry your hands with the towel, and then you leave the towel on the table. Okay? And that's what you can use, you're going to use throughout the meal. Pesil says that after you wash your hands before the meal, you dry your hands, and then you put the towel on your cushion. And that's where you're going to leave it throughout the meal and use it. Tanarabbanan. Beshamai says that you uh, dry your hands with your your napkin, and then you leave that napkin on the table. Because if you're going to say like Beisillel, that you're going to leave your napkin on the cushion, So the the concern is that maybe the keses, maybe the cushion that you're sitting on is Tameh, and then... You know, the liquids that are on the napkin will become tame um, by way of the cushion. They'll become a rishon and then, and then when you go to dry your hands with that napkin, the water that became tame from the cushion will be matame your hands, and they don't want that. Why don't we just say that the uh, cushion will, will be matame the napkin directly, and kli matame kli? As we learned, a kli, which is a shani natuma, is not going to be matame. Um, another napkin to make another sheni Latuma. V'nitmaye kesas Let's be concerned that maybe the cushion should be matami the the person Ligavra gufe ain kli matami adam. Well also a kli is not able to be matami a person. A kli that's a shani is not able to be matami a person. Okay. Therefore, the only thing that we're concerned about is that maybe you're going to put the um, uh, napkin on the on the cushion. The cushions be matami. The water on the napkin to be a rishon, which will be matami yadayim. Say, put the napkin on your cushion because if you put the napkin on the table we're concerned that if the shulchan is a shenilatuma well then maybe the water that is on the napkin that you use to dry your hands will become tummy from the shulchan and then they might touch the food and make the food uh, tummy to be a sheni um and therefore, don't put it on the table, rather put it on your um, cushion. But then maybe, why can't the table just be the food directly? Uh, the food that's on the table. Because here we're talking about a table that is a sheni, the Tuma. And the only way that a sheni can transfer Tuma to chulin, right? Right? because Remember, uh, Ochel becomes a Sheni latuma when it's touched by a Rishon L'tuma, right? Now, um, this table that's a Sheni does isn't Mitame Ochlen umashken, Um, but the way that it can be Mitame Ochlen is if it touches liquid, that liquid becomes a Rishon Latuma, then it'll be Mitame, the food to be Ochlen umashkin, and that is why Basil says that we're concerned that if you put the napkin that you dried your hands with on the table, the table will be mitami the mashkin, the mashkin will be mitami the ochlin, the 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 and then you'll have tami food. Um, fine. The sheni also shlishi b'chulin elayi de mashkin. Fine. what is the machlokas? What's the source? Of, what's the key or the core of the machlokas between beishama and beishilal? Beishama says, well, you're not really allowed to use a shulchan, a table, that is a sheni latuma in the first place because. We're concerned about people who are eating truma, right? Kohanim, if they're eating truma, well, a shani is able to make a shlishi when it comes to truma. So if you have Kohanim that are going to be eating truma, and they put the truma on the table, well, that truma will become tamay, and that's a big problem. So for that reason, Beshameh says we're never going to use a, sh- a table that's a shani in the and therefore, they say put the napkin that's wet on the table because the table is going to be tar and there's nothing to worry about. Um, whereas whereas Hillel says you're allowed to use a shokhan that a table that is a sheni lituma because ochle tumah's reason name because ochle tumah are very like um, they're very on top of things right they're very on top of uh, of, of making sure that the tumah that the truma remains tower and stuff like that therefore we don't have to be concerned about people eating truma and their truma becoming tame therefore you're allowed to use a table that's a sheni lituma. And therefore, they're concerned that if you put your napkin on the table, the um, table could be mitami the liquid on the napkin, which can then be mitami the food that's on the table. Davar acher, Beis gives an additional reason, which is We don't have a precedent for netilas yadaim, for food. Um, no, I'm sorry. We don't have We don't have a precedent for. Daim, exactly, for, for, for eating just regular food, exactly, mid right? This whole thing about, you know, hands being shneos sheni the tuma, and and you know, just having this default status of tuma that we're trying to prevent is not mid-oraisa, right? That's entirely midurabanan. Yet we do in the Torah have a concept of Mida Oraisa food becoming um tummy. So, my what what, 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 what's the deal with this, uh, devra that says? This is what is is saying. How come, according to Basil, right, if they had to take their pick between putting the napkin on their cushion and then the water on the napkin becoming tummy from the cushion and then the water being the tummy of your hands, what the hell is going on outside? Versus, um, your putting the uh napkin on the table and then the water becoming on the napkin becoming tummy from the table which would then become tummy the food so if they have to choose between your hands becoming tummy versus the food becoming tummy they'd pre- they, they'd prefer to avoid the food becoming tummy therefore they say put it on the cushion so Better that your hands should become tameh rather than the food become tameh. Because washing your hands for chulin to make sure that your hands are clean in order to eat chulin is not mido araisa. midoraisa. Okay? Better that your hands, which don't have a precedent mido better that they should become tameh rather than food which does have a precedent um, mido orisa for you know becoming tameh. Better, uh, you know, we'd rather prevent that. Whew. Okay. Well, we're done with Tumantara. I think that's it. I think it's just basically self-contained to that one Amud of Gemara. And I think we're done. I don't think it comes up anymore for the rest of the Maserhta. Um, I think uh, for like, uh, maybe like a month or so. I think in, in Gemara and Shabbos, it comes up again. I think in the first parak or something. But uh, until then, we're not going to have Tumantara for a little bit. So that's good. Well, depends how you define good. So according to Beis what you would do is you would first um, clear, all, you know, clean up the area where you were eating, right, including cleaning off the table, and then you are going to wash my machuronim. Whereas according to Basila, you could wash my machuronim first and then um, clear off the table. So, so according to Beis first you're going to clear off the table, get rid of all the bread. And then you are going to um, wash my machronim. Shim liadaim Because if you say that first, you're going to wash my machronim, nimta Well, then what's going to happen is the my can get onto the food that's still on the table. So you might have a kazayas of bread on the table, and then um, that kazayas of bread will basically get ruined from the my and you, you know it's going to be hefset uh, ochlin. Okay, skip to the next line where it says no many kazais right? Basil says, yeah, but if the if the if the waiter who's who's you know waiting on the table is a Tamil Chacham, well then he'll on his own he'll remove any pieces of bread that are a kazais big, um, in which case anything left on the table will be less than a kazayas, and if water gets on them and ruins anything less than a kazayas, it's not really a big deal. So therefore you can wash my machronim first before clearing off. Rabbi Yochanan, This opinion of Beisilah supports Rabbi Yochanan, that Rabbi Yochanan says that pieces of bread that have less than a kezayis, you're allowed to, you know, destroy it. It's no problem, right? If it's a kezayis and you have to treat it with respect, you can't throw it out. Um, You know, you can't just destroy it. But if it's less than a kezayis, it's okay. But my What is the makhlouz between Beisilah and Beisameh? Beisilah sabri, also the shtamish, amal aritz. So Basil says that it, you're not allowed to use a waiter who's an Amaretz, and therefore by def, you know Memela you're gonna have your waiter is gonna be a Tamil Chacham, and he's gonna remove the pieces that are Kazai's from the table, and therefore you, you can do Mayim Rishonim first, Ma'ayim first, and whatever's on the table if it gets ruined it's not a big deal. Beshamisavim tamish and Beshamis says you're allowed to use a waiter who is an Amaretz. And therefore, you know, there might be pieces on the table of bread that are a size of a Kazayas, and they can become ruined by the Maimachronim, so better to first clear the table and then do Maimachronim. I'm Rabbi Yosef Bar-chanina, <speaking> I'm says Rabbi Yosef Bar-chanina in the name of Raphuna, that this entire parak, all these differences between Beisilla and Beis Shammai, we always like pass Mehad like Beis Shammai, the only exception being this one, that we actually make an exception to the rule and pass like Beis Shammai here, that you're allowed... Whoa! That you're allowed to use a um, waiter who is an ama Aretz and therefore there might be pieces of bread on the table that are the size of a kezayis, and therefore you should first clear off the table and then do my machronim. Rabbi Oshaya masni Rabbi Oshaya actually learns the opinions of Bechame and Bezillah in the Mishnah the opposite. In which case, Basil is the one who says that you're allowed to use a waiter who is an ama Arts, and therefore the halacha is like Bezillah that first you um, would clear off the table and then do my machronim. Beshamai Omrim, ner umazon v'chuleh. Beshamai says that first you make a bracha on the candle, and then you make a bracha on the benching, etc. Rav bar Yehuda, ikla Rava. So Rav Huna bar Yehuda one time visited Rava. Chazia le Rava, devarecha besamim v'resha. And Rav Huna bar Yehuda saw that Rava was first making a bracha on the besamim, and then making a bracha on the candle, which is actually what we do. So amale. so Rav Huna bar Yehuda said to Rava, Mikhdeh, v'esilo. vesila, or lo plige. That one second. You know, so he was thinking about our Mishnah here at the beginning of the eighth Farak of Brachos, that Beshameh and Basila both agree that you make a bracha on the candle, that's the first thing that you do, right? And then the Basama comes later. So the not as we learn in our Mishnah, Beshameh Omum ne'er umazon, v'avdala. that first said you make a bracha first on the candle, then Birkhasamazon, then Bisamim, then Abdallah. ne'er uvisamim v'avdala. that first make a bracha on the candle, and then immediately afterwards on the besamim then and then Abdallah, but they both agree that the first thing is the candle. So Rav Huna bar Yehuda was confused. Why is Rava first making Bracham B'samim? So Ani Rava, so Rava answered, Ani Rava Basrei, so Rava answered him, Zo div Rabbi Meir. The answer to Rav Huna bar Yehuda that what you're quoting to me is the Mishnah, the Machlokas according to Rabbi Meir. Avor Rav Yehuda Omer. where Yehuda says, Lo nech ala mazun that Rabbi Yudah says that Bishama and Basil agree that the bracha on Birk that Birkissamazzun comes first, that Avdallah comes at the end, Ma'or Bisamim, the only between Bisham and Basil is when it comes to Nair and Bisamim. Should Bishama um Ma'or Bisamim, the Bishamah says that first comes the Bracha on the n'air and then the Basamim, Bisam Ma'or, and Basil says that first you make a bracha on bisamim, and then you make a bracha on the candle. And Rabbi Yochanan says that the mina olam is to do like Beis Hillel according to Rabbi Huda, which is to first make a bracha on the besamim and then on the ner, which is exactly what we do, right? In Avdala we say borei then we say then we say bori and then we say and then we says right and Beis Hillel says bori Amar Raba. So the good changes that the Rabbah says, Rabbah, everyone agrees that Barim or means, it right, is past tense, which is what we want. Because God, or, right, the, as Rashi points out, the, uh, Bracha that we make on the fire on Moses Shabbos is connected the, um, light that was created during the six days, uh, six days, well, seven days of creation, but the six days of, you know, creating the world. And then, um, so the light was created on, on Saturday night. So therefore we make the Bracha on the fire on Saturday night. Um, and this light was already created. So we want a nusach of the bracha that implies past tense Ki pligei, the machlog between be'shama and is Borei Right, Be'shama sabrei, Borei, the osu, the mivra. that be'shama says that Borei implies the future U sabre sabrei, Borei, Nami, de mashma, whereas Beisilo also says, says that Borei actually also implies past tense Master of Yosef, of Yosef asks Akasha Yotei or Uvore choshech, one second, the Puzzle says that God creates light and darkness Yotei harem uvorei ruach, that God creates Mountains and wind. Boreashamay That God creates the heavens. I'm not exactly sure what Noteim is. But the point is that God already created these things. So Bore also does create past tense. So why are we saying that about if Bore is future or past? Clearly from these Sukim, Bore is past tense. Yosef rather says of Yosef Everyone agrees that bara and bore is past tense. He ma the Machoshin Beshame Besil is by Ma'or and Me'orei. the Beishame Save Chade Nohora Ikabinura. Beshame holds that there is only one flame in a there's only one light in a flame, therefore you can say me'or haesh, singular, or basilah save tuva nohorah ika binurah says that there are many lights in a flame, and as Rashi points out, there's, there's red flame, there's white flame, there's green flame, and therefore they say me'ore haesh, the flames of the fire, plural. Um, we also learned in the that that there are many lights in a flame. Um, that was that. Woo! Everybody, I hope everyone's doing good. That was a very difficult page. That is like a hard, hard page. Lots of stuff there. Mostly the complicated stuff being Tuman Tara, especially because it's Tumantara to a because it doesn't even that like. Goes against the rules of like Tuma de Orisa, which is generally what we like, you know, go based, you know, Tuma base on so Complicated page. I hope you guys are all doing okay. Your brains are okay. And uh, if you have any questions, please, please feel free to ask um, I'm happy to answer Also, uh, yeah, and somewhere in there we learned about Pogum, which is an interesting alacha about like Kosha uh, Bracha, uh, uh, we also learned some interesting stuff about the order of Havdalah, which is also cool uh, about um, making a bracha on fire on Mutzar Shabbos, all that kind of stuff. I hope you guys have a great, great, great day and I hope to see you guys tomorrow. Peace out.